prisons, prisons of the mind, of the body. It goes to, oh, dialogues within prisons. We roll in, and I took notes this week. Oh, I did not. I just jot down a few because I came home. I had an hour before you guys came here, and I'm like, I'm gonna kick it. I'm watching an episode of Court. What did you watch? Did you watch the prisons app? So, like, the prisons app spans across like three apps. In so, court? Yeah, oh, so I watched the Middlest app, hmm. which had the most prisons. Yeah, yeah, the one where they break mm-hmm. them out of the four prisons. But it, like, doesn't off. have, like, I thought it was just an app that was, like, Me too. four prisons and they're out. But Zaheer breaks out at the end of the first episode. That is true. Of season three. Mm-hmm. The second episode, the B-plot is him getting out um, Gazan and Waterbending uh, Lady. Ming... Ming Li. Ming Li, Ming Hei. Um Li. Yeah, no, that one's the the Oh, I that's one. later, yeah. Yeah, because then a whole episode goes by that's like them embossing say, and then she gets broken out. That's right. By the other guys. Yeah. So it was shit, like though. three episodes and a lot of it I just really didn't care about, but some of it I saw through a I new mean the light. prisons themselves and the breakouts are dope. But I feel comfortable talking about those prisons. Yeah, from totally. I know. I guess there's to. one that we forgot about that you haven't seen, but okay, it's like well, well I think not that, that one just deal. comes after, and like ultimately, Cora faces the big bad at the end of the season, and she doesn't kill him because nobody gets killed in Avatar. Except that one. I'm doing air quotes. Except the murder suicide. Yeah. Except the dumb murder suicide. <laughs> they really <laughs> made hay out of that one time. Yeah. Well, how far are you in Cora right now? I am most of the way through season three. For Can sure. I ask you a, mm-hmm. a quick question because it's related to this episode? Yep. And Marissa, please weigh in because I just don't remember what season this is in. But there's a season when our squad goes into the spirit world and there is a spirit prison. Do we remember what season this is? Oh, that's the flags. That's the flag That's the flag season. season. That's it's season the flag two? that's in the prison. No, it's not. The black one? No, no, no. Not the tree prison. The, oh. um <laughs> Which is another prison. The, like, fog prison. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's like it's like side story because she yeah, is it's like a, it's a B it's a B story. It's yeah. a cool cameo. We don't have to discuss like go in depth, but that's something that I I'm mm-hmm. thinking about talking about. And if you've if you've yeah. seen it, I would love to talk about it, Tim. But I mean, I would not blame you if I you didn't don't remember it. Recall that. Let me let me look it up really fast. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily consider that a prison, but you are. I feel like you're right in your thinking. That well, I watched it. I watched it recently, and I looked it up on the Avatar wiki, and it's listed as a prison mm-hmm. there. Um, oh, that's cool. So, like, they talk about it like it's a prison, but it's like not. It doesn't have any of the normal markers that prisons have from the um, for the show. Dope. Just talking about Cora, like, through analyzing this and being like. We can pick apart something that we love. I feel like I am now able to go back and watch Korra with, like, more loving eyes. Like, it's worked in the reverse for me. Mm. Yeah. Being like, oh, we can pick apart something that I've seen as, like, yeah. absolutely flawless. Yeah. And, like, see its flaws and still love it. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's time to look at Korra. Not as something that just, like, ruined everything I loved. Yeah. Yeah. So. I feel you. There are definitely times I feel mm-hmm. that way. But overall, like... It's given me too many cool things to think about to resent it. There's so much interesting world building in season one and in the, in, in the whole thing. Like, I don't know, just like the addition of pro-bending and of, I don't know, the way society has like moved, I don't know, in the triads and the city at large. Yeah. I guess my general feeling is like when they get away from the the capital city, it suffers. The mm-hmm. stuff that has taken place in the water tribes and in the spirit world 
tends to lend itself to comparison to Avatar, yeah. and that's when it's bad. Like, that's when it's never going to be as good as Avatar. Right. But Capital City is, re- is really its own thing that we really, like, we didn't, the closest thing we saw to a metropolis in Avatar is Ba Sing Se, mm-hmm. and Capital City is super different from Ba Sing Se, mm-hmm. and there are a whole bunch of cool things about it. That's true. We're going down the rabbit hole of Korra, as we often do. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I'm glad mm-hmm. to talk about it. Um, yeah, I feel for like list- we're like cracking it open yeah, we're, yeah i wanted to crack it open a little since we're going to be discussing some stuff that happens in Quora this episode anyways for mm-hmm. listeners who don't know at home um marissa and i have watched all of Quora, and tim is catching up with us he's not all the way through yet yeah so we're going to be talking about prisons today should we do some late introductions yeah yeah i'm into it yeah so welcome to three non-benders we're three friends sitting in a car talking about avatar <laughs> Uh, my name is Rachel. I'm not a bender, but if I was, I would be an earthbender because... Because, because why? Why would I be an earthbender? Um, because uh, Mother Earth was present when I was born, just in the back. Didn't really make a scene. Just want to say, what's up? And then she left. But it stayed with you ever since. Yeah, yeah. She, like, blessed my cradle like one of those mm-hmm. fairies in Sleeping Beauty, and then she was out. Uh, hi. I'm Marissa. Uh, if I were a bender, I would be a water bender because I should say that I have webbed feet. No one would ever know. <laughs> I don't true. even know if you have gills, though. Yeah. It's all like, audio. Yeah, Marissa's yeah. actually speaking to us through a filter in an aquarium mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Despite what you've heard so far, I'm really an impeccable audio artist. It's her, amazing. Her memory does only last 10 seconds, though. It's <laughs> like true. a goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, first of all, I feel like we've arranged an order now where it's like you, you, me, and I dig it because it gives me time to think. Yeah. Um, also, hi, I'm Tim, and I'm not a bender, but if I were a bender, I would be an airbender uh, because when I play basketball, I get nothing but air. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, prisons. I was just watching Prison Break. Not related, but in my head I was like, hey, hey. I'm going to go record about prisons later. And that is what we are here to do. That's what we're here to do. So, let's talk general prisons in Avatar. Like, what? let's list them. Oh, I have the Wikipedia page mm-hmm. pulled up. Would you like to hear what the mm-hmm. official fandom wiki says? Absolutely. Please. Um, I this list. These are from Korra and from... Avatar. So the first one is the Fog of Lost Souls, which we just established is the Spirit Prison. You Sounds have like seen a, the, the title of a Metallica album. Oh <laughs> yes. So Spirit Prison slash title of a Metallica album, which is in season two of Korra. The Boiling Rock, which obviously um, gets a two parter. Gets a two parter, and the second part is the better part. Um, uh, the White I Lotus. <laughs> the White Lotus pr- uh, prisons, which are all the ones that Zahir and his Homies are kept in, in Korra. Um, there's the prison rig boat in um, the first... Imprisoned? Yes, like the fourth episode or whatever. Um, and then there's the Capital City Prison at the Fire Nation capital, where we see Iroh held and later Ozai held. Mm-hmm. And the Kyoshi Warriors were held there True. for a short time. Off screen, as well yes. as May and Ty Lee off screen. Were they oh. held there or were they held at Boiling Rock? Um, no, they were held with the Kyoshi Warriors because Ty Lee joins them. I don't know why I just figured they would stay at Boiling Rock. 
in the canon, Tylee is like, oh, I met the Kyoshi Warriors in prison. They're super cool. Like, I taught them chi bending. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's a killer Tylee impression. <laughs> Very good. I've been worrying about it. The last one on this list is Hama's prison. So it's the mm-hmm. flashback we get to her Ooh. prison in The Puppet mm-hmm. Master. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Also, I would like to um, give mention to Toff's. When mm-hmm. she gets captured in that big old metal box. Also, mm-hmm. we would we should yeah. mention mm-hmm. to the prison that Zuko and Katara were kept in at the end of season two. Appa, guys. Appa's <sighs> kept underground, right? Yes. That's the nightmare for any airbender. Yes, yes. Sky bison. You know, mm-hmm. you know what is a very interesting trend that I did notice throughout all the prisons that we looked up, and that really, really supports it because I was searching for an example of this. But with the exception of Earthbenders, I still have to figure that one out. Every element, if it's being imprisoned, is held captive in its opposite element. Yeah. So Firebenders are in ice prisons, and Waterbenders are in volcanoes or in places where hot air is pumped into, and. Airbenders, Appa is held literally underground. The only exception is Earthbenders, where they're in like water, but you can't literally yeah. suspend them in air. So well, what I took for the Earthbenders, because yeah. before we get like the metal prisons, is the yeah. wood. So like still, that's not an opposite element. What that thread led me to, because I wrote down like the same thing in my notes, was that the next likely option, if you can't encompass someone in their opposite is to deprive them of their element Mm, and like water and earth are really the only ones that you can do that with which we see in Hama's prison and then we see with Gazan and the earthbenders with Haru and his uh, hot sounding dad when? imprisoned and then Gazan from what's the latter? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, no, I know. His prison, yeah, his prison is He's a the wooden... Lava dude. Yeah, his yeah. prison is a wooden boat on, mm-hmm. or a wooden rig or something like that, in the middle mm-hmm. of the ocean. That's so it's right. like there's absolutely no metal or earth anywhere near him. Maybe, maybe like, we should talk a little bit about, like, why we're talking about prisons, because I see how it could seem like a pretty arbitrary thing to talk about in a show, mm-hmm. but, like, yeah. Avatar has this really awesome ongoing theme of like imprisonment in general mm-hmm. i think we would all agree that like three of the best episodes of the show are like about specific characters in prison and breaking characters mm-hmm. out of prison and like dealing with being in prison yeah and it's something that the show always returns to uh in a way that i don't know i i, I still struggle with what exactly they're trying to say with the prison theme mm-hmm. but like it is undeniable that like the people who made Avatar set out to, like, have a weird amount of content about prisons. Because at first you just kind of look at it and you're like, well, a kid show, they have to come up with a, like, get around for, you know, just straight off killing people. And I think prisons are a really good example, like, concrete example of how Avatar does that. Mm-hmm. Like, makes the yeah. best out of a limitation. Yeah. But I think the interesting opposite of imprisonment which we also see themes of throughout the whole thing is like nomadism which Mm. i think is also a huge thread like through going out and seeing the world like ang learns to be the avatar and like learns wisdom and it's the same thing like zuko only gets that perspective through following him Mm -hmm. like to have somebody who is free and taught freedom through airbending have them be faced with like the option of either killing someone or imprisoning them. Hmm. I don't know. I just think 
imprisonment is an interesting foil to that. There's certainly something very tactile about, I mean, like, in an extremely broad sense, the thing that Avatar is about, Jesus Christ, (laughs) I've walked myself into a trap here. Uh, (laughs) The thing that Avatar is about is, like, these powers that are passed from generations on to their kids. And we see them in the forms of these things like martial arts that we know are literally, like, were literally sort of passed down in a communal, like, lineage. And they're given this supernatural context in Avatar. The whole show struggles with how you access that identity and what happens when it's taken away, or if it can Mm -hmm. be taken away. Uh, That's what I like about the prisons, is that they show that there's only so many ways. I I really take your point, Marissa, about how there's only Mm -hmm. so many ways that you can show violence being enacted against another human being in a show that is geared towards kids and is going to be put on a kids' network. Mm -hmm. But you really get the sense that just being deprived of your element is an act of violence. It's like taking away a part of the identity that Mm -hmm. you have come to associate with yourself and, like, to your, like, your core physical, this is how I move Mm -hmm. through the world and engage with the world kind of, like, identity to have that taken from you and in very violent ways like in all the all the prisons in Korra are so cool but they are also the most intense because they're such high profile Mm -hmm. criminals but I just think of the um how Plea had to wear the headband around her eye on her Mm -hmm. forehead when she breaks out she's like I've waited 13 years to feel this warm yeah not only did they take away her identity they took away like a physical part of it you know I just think about how I feel when I'm Mm -hmm. cold (laughs) and I hate it and part of that is growing up in California but like I can't even imagine being able to like create warmth and like not being allowed to Mm -hmm. do that with your body the same you get the Mm -hmm. same effect seeing the characters in the boiling rock when they're in the coolers mm-hmm. you get the idea from um the big beefy guy who ends up escaping yeah. with them that it's like pretty traumatic and then zuko mm-hmm. ends up fine because he's got like his inner fire which iroh taught him whatever mm-hmm. um but like you get the idea that it's like a traumatic experience yeah. yeah yeah i mean like i think the two especially with those with boiling rock and with imprisoned i like we, we've already talked about both these episodes yeah. in mm-hmm. our other in, pr- in prior episodes so we don't mm-hmm. need to like rehash them sure. but I think there are so many interesting things about the way those two episodes intersect the fact that in both of those episodes we sort of come to a point where escaping imprisonment is not about overcoming some crazy obstacle like a boiling lake it's about just choosing to do so like all these people mm-hmm. have to choose to rise up and at the end of the day even though they think they have no power they have all the power in the world i absolutely love that and i want to expand upon it with the boiling rock part two where may betrays azula Mm -hmm. and that sort of like begins azula's undoing but for may to do that she had to in a metaphorical sense sort of break out of a prison like you Mm -hmm. get the idea throughout the series Mm -hmm. that may and tylee are frightened of azula and don't know what betraying her will look like for them so it's a kind of prison that she keeps them in a kind Mm -hmm. of like mental subjugation Mm -hmm. and in the at the end of that episode she breaks out of that and is like fine with it like she has accepted that and moves on i wonder how many other examples we can find of that in the series because i just thought i mean that is in an episode about a prison so it sort of sticks out but what were you gonna say marissa i was gonna say i wonder if that's kind of like the overall arc with ang like Mm. we can argue we find ang like trapped in the iceberg like that's the terminology that Katara uses yeah maybe Aang kind of sees his duty of being the avatar as some form of like imprisonment because it's it's his 
inability and his fear to commit to that that initially makes him leave. There's got to be a deeper meaning for Aang with all of this relation to prisons and then to also start the series with him, like, trapped somewhere. Mm -hmm. Before we uh, recorded this episode, something that Marissa brought up just in our group chat as we were talking about this episode before we sat down to record today, Marissa linked us to something that was talking about how airbenders don't really have prisons. We don't see airbenders in the universe, obviously, because Aang is the last one, so there's no reason that we would engage with an airbender prison if it exists. I'm happy to say, like, it may have existed or may not have existed. I'm not here to debate that right now, but I feel like a society that relies so heavily on freedom as its core tenant, an airbender who has something defined for him, it must be just incredibly hard to accept those definitions and accept that, like, your life has walls when previously his life was free and and much more devoted to exploration and creativity and curiosity than the, like, sturdy definition of Avatar is in this world. Mm -hmm. So I really like your point. I kind of like what prisons force these characters to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it forces them to kind of confront something within their character. I don't know. I just think every character that we've seen put in a prison, it, like, does something fundamentally to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I like Iroh's arc for it because Iroh's character is always, like, I don't know, you just, like, move on from bad situations and, like, you become better. Yeah. So it would only make sense that, like, he, you know, he's within prison, he's put within this confined structure, and instead of sitting there and withering away like you would expect an old man to do, he finds this discipline within himself to like make his physical body better so that he can escape and like help people i'd love to start talking about the zahir like white lotus prisons and see like like talk about what that kind of did to make these villains the villains that they are Mm. because i think there's this overall implication in the entire series that like imprisonment is a better alternative to death when i don't know if it is you know like there are some pretty horrific things that force people to do horrific things like hama like let's talk about hama for Mm -hmm. a second because i'm very interested Mm -hmm. in how that episode like her arc is about her not being in prison basically like her breaking out of prison and going to this fire nation village and then proceeding to imprison fire nation people and deprive them of food then at the end of the episode when our gang you know saves the day and katara's like i'm so fucked up or whatever they send her (laughs) back to prison this one episode has at least three different indications of a prison for hama and not counting a more metaphorical sense of katara now having this ability and being like you know feeling like she can't escape her body Mm -hmm. but like how I just want to talk That's about this episode. So crazy. And I, yeah, yeah, I just want to talk about this episode, and I don't really know how to access it. Maybe you guys can help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's, that's insane. I mean, I you I've never thought about it until you line it all up like that. In the episode, mm-hmm. I think itself sort of si- sidesteps that implication, mm-hmm. or at least doesn't emphasize it at the end. You just sort of get the sense that like they're taking her back away to the bad place. Mm-hmm. But like the interesting thing about it is that when Avatar picks people up on the other side of that imprisonment, it is almost always sympathetic to them. Like, people who are imprisoned are virtually never portrayed as the bad guy. Yeah. Even sometimes when we see comical characters. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, bad, burly guys. Yeah, the in... hulking guy in Boiling Yeah, Rock. even yeah. the guy in the prison where he's like, well, we're starting a prison riot, and he's like, actually, I've been working on my anger management. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, uh, yeah. 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 But back to your point, mm-hmm. Tim. 
Yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. And to think about it in conjunction with that episode, like, we start with her in prison, and then she gets out and puts these firebenders in prison. And then at or the end... Or Fire Nation people. Fire Nation not, people. Yeah, right? I don't think they're firebenders. Um, but... And then at the end, she, you're right, it's like Katara is the one who's being put in a prison. Yeah. Not her. And mm-hmm. it's the prison of knowledge somehow. Like, yeah. Katara has this knowledge now that she can't unlearn, and it traps her, and she knows she's going to use it in a, in a way she shouldn't someday and she does yeah yeah thinking about that and just the idea that Hama goes back I'm really surprised that she didn't put up more of a fight at the end of that episode the end of that episode always kind of like I understand it had to tonally end there but it's always kind of confused me because they're just like you're going back to prison and it's like well she can still bloodbend like full moon's still up like Mm -hmm. I don't understand why she's not attacking these people and then also She's like, you're a bloodbender now, Katara. And Katara just starts, like, crying, but none of the Fire Nation people are like, oh, that's weird. Like, maybe we should. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should, like, you know? Yeah. 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 So it was just like, oh, that always felt like a quick ending. But I think I like Korra as a continuation of that because there's, like, a lot of carnage at the end of that season. That's when they really start, like, like Zaheer introduces death into the series. He mm-hmm. kills the first person that's, like, very overt not in the way of like sparky boom man falling off a cliff but like we just cut away but we know the earth queen like definitely died yeah yeah he brings death into the series and then all of his cronies die at the end of it and the last thing gazan says is like there's no fucking way i'm going back to prison death is his better alternative to prison i just love that season of Korra so much and i think there's so much meat there yeah Mm -hmm. and to see like the torment set up in the first season of even just like the fire lord losing his bending and being imprisoned after that and like what the implications of that are to see at least some of that followed through in Korra that is what I vibe with and yeah I mean you make a good point like we do see an interesting change to how prisons are treated in Korra I mean what I just said about like the people in prison are always sympathetic people stops being true in Korra we see these Mm -hmm. people break out who really who obviously should be imprisoned I do feel like the one of the things that makes that season of Korra good is that the villains are not necessarily sympathetic, but, like, are full and complete characters. There's, like, so much of Avatar that is, like, raw, good, and evil, but those villains' motivations are explained enough so that you, mm-hmm. like, do understand how being kept for 12 years, thousands of feet underground mm-hmm. in an ice prison would torment a person mm-hmm. so far that she would go to do the things that Polly did or for Zaheer or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that is one of the only seasons that sets that up successfully for me in all of Avatar, because I think the first series is focused on being a little bit more sympathetic towards mm-hmm. the people it wants you to perceive as good, but mm-hmm. then when, like, the bad people are imprisoned, like, later we'll see Ozai in prison at the very, very end. In the comics, Azula's imprisoned. I've mentioned it before. She's in a straitjacket. It's problematic. We'll talk about it. Dude, let's just talk about how people are kept in these prisons. Because yeah. Zaheer is on a mountain, which I imagine is some, like, air-bending temple well, relic. here's my question with mm-hmm. that, that prison. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. with that prison, like, Zaheer, we get the idea that Zaheer wasn't a bender. Mm-hmm. So... What does his prison tell us about who he was Dude, before? Can or you just yeah. how to how people would 
think to imprison non-benders and like honestly it upsets me a little bit because you can tell that these prisons like with a non-bender I get it he's lethal he's like very he was very good at killing people before he had bending so like you want to make sure that he doesn't get out but all of these bending prisons are so like fundamentally ruthless and elaborate they're like designed to suppress something like so great Mm -hmm. that it will like mentally break a person and I don't love how Zahir's prison is just so easily tailored to that. But for the non-bender, he is kept, like, on a mountain in the dark. Yeah. They, he's just in this dark, tiny cell, and they feed him every three weeks with a bowl of rice. And there are no guards stationed mm-hmm. at his door, which is very interesting. So it's mm-hmm. so it's a, a very tall spoke mountain thing with mm-hmm. his little cavern on it, made entirely out of metal, very cold, very dark. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a thin bridge to another thing where the guards hang out and stay to watch him, but there's nobody nearby him. Something mm-hmm. that is very interesting about the non-benders in this is that it, it, like, you can kind of see how it's more refocused toward breaking the spirit mm-hmm. than just like, oh, we'll use your element to break your spirit or yeah. the opposite element to break your spirit. I was thinking about this when I was rewatching Boiling Rock Part 2 because we see Sokka's dad get off the gondola and immediately the warden says, oh, I've heard about you, like, this is what I know, you're going to look me in the eye and tell me this, this, or whatever. And he, like, physically makes him, like, bend a knee and look him in the eye, and it's, like, this weird power trip that prison wardens are pretty famous for in media already, (laughs) but not only is... Hakoda at that prison, but also Suki is at that prison. Mm -hmm. And you get the idea that she's also been subject to the same treatment by the guards. Mm -hmm. And neither of them are benders. Like, that is a war prisoner placed. Like, that is where you send the prisoners of war who have been leaders of the dissenters. Mm -hmm. In addition to dangerous Fire Nation criminals who can firebend, that's where you send them. So Mm -hmm. you get the idea that this place is very devoted to breaking spirit in that respect for Mm non-benders. And it's the same thing with Zaheer. Like, he's literally in isolation like doesn't even have a guard to like poke at you know what i mean like doesn't even have somebody who's like surrounding him at all like that kind of mental subjugation seems specified towards non-benders yeah i almost wonder i mean one key difference here and correct me if i'm wrong but all these prisons we see in Korra are places where these people are essentially kept in solitary confinement like they're essentially kept alone that's true and it almost like mm-hmm. all the prisons in Avatar are these sort of communal places where we see people's best sides. It almost seems and like isolation isn't extra punishment, like in yeah. Rock. Yeah, yeah, but also like these people, like the the people we see break out of communal prisons are all good people, and the people we see break out of individual prisons mm-hmm. are not. It seems like maybe once you're alone, you can't be saved. It's so it's so strange too, because I want to go back to something you were saying about like lineage of mm-hmm. martial arts with old people like Mm -hmm. there's this idea of preservation Mm -hmm. of ideas and it's like these people who deserve isolation were the best of the best benders you know Mm -hmm. and like there's something within the realm of this world that's like like we don't want to get rid of this Mm -hmm. except for the fire lord who bending was like so tainted and corrupted that it like corrupted an entire nation which is kind of the implication of like what sozin did and everything and like that it was okay that he lost his bending and then was imprisoned. Mm-hmm. It makes sense within this universe that a universe that would value like old people tradition and like the passing down of verbal knowledge, like as technology grows, it just makes sense that like they would also value prisons. 
and like not killing off these people. And I mean, we mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. We see Iroh literally benefit mm-hmm. from being in prison. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's like he has always known this was a part of life and mm-hmm. expected it and has done this before and will do it again. One thing I wanted to bring up that is only tangentially related to what you guys were saying, but I feel like now is a good time to bring it up, is just thinking about living in a society that does pass on so much of its knowledge, you know, not through technology, but through, like, verbal art forms and spiritual art forms and things like that, as the Avatar world as a whole exists. Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting thinking about prisons more metaphorically again, like, to think about the Fire Nation and those kids there, because... Mm -hmm. I mean, just the um, Footloose episode, Fire Nation kids have a sort of, like, rigidity imposed upon them that mm-hmm. is, like, characteristic of the Fire Nation yeah. um, and of their values. And it, like, it is Aang's, like, Aang feels that it is his responsibility as, maybe not even just the Avatar, but, like, as an airbender who does value that freedom to teach him how to dance and, like, bring mm-hmm. that out in them, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. No, I, I think that is why I like this idea of imprisonment mm-hmm. for, for Aang, especially. Just, like, to have him face that in the world that he lives in versus, like, the world that he lives in in his head. Mm-hmm. I think is just, I don't know, something something on his path to finding wisdom or something. I don't know. Um. Okay, do we have any more notes on prisons? Everybody feel like we covered just about everything? I just... I just want to pour one out for Appa again. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we covered prisons in the pretty narrow literal sense, but there are a lot of characters, including Appa, who are imprisoned in a lot of things that are not like quite literally prisons throughout the course of Avatar, and it's really interesting to look at. The interactions, Mm -hmm. all of the conversations that happen in prisons, I think, are very interesting in Avatar. I mean, again, we we didn't talk about Katara and Zuko's interaction in the prison, Mm -hmm. which also, it seemed weird that that was the chosen prison of the palace, because it would be very Mm -hmm. ineffective for an earthbender, and you have to believe (laughs) that mostly earthbenders are going to be imprisoned in Ba Sing Se, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that's it on prisons. Yeah. I think that's it on prisons. You can find more episodes of this podcast at 3nonvendors.com, three spelled the normal way. You can also keep up with us on social media at 3nonvendors, three spelled with the number. Our music is produced by our absentee firebender, Isaac Gilbert. And we will come back next week to bring you more Avatar goodness. From a car. From a car. With friends. And beer. <laughs> and I was like in Target and I was like, oh, kickball. Eight dollars. Sounds like a really good investment. So didn't even take it out of the packaging. Brought it to the park in the packaging, and was like, "Here, guys!" And then my sister called me, and I was like, "You guys have fun!" And I turn around right as they're like stepping back, and Tim like drop kicks it, like the first kick, like the literally the kick. first foot to touch this ball, yeah. <laughs> just launches it onto the roof, and we're all just like. Well, okay.